4: Terms and conditions apply.
1: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in live on uh, Facebook, on the iHeartRadio app, on our hundreds and growing of affiliates across the country on XM Sirius Channel 83. Welcome in, welcome in. From Sunny. Southern California. God, I just want to talk about sports. I just, I want to talk about sports. Like the Dodgers advanced yesterday, so we're getting, and man, I want the Cubs to win today. I don't actually even like the Cubs anymore. I really don't. Uh, Maybe it's because they won last year. Maybe it's because they didn't seem to care this year. They don't fear to be as good out of the bullpen this year. That they're not that lovable of losers because now they're winners now. Uh, But I do like the idea that the Nationals don't win anything, right? They're, like, really good, and they don't win anything, and they got really good players, and they don't win. I kind of still want – plus, I, li- I just like that idea. Maybe it's because it's D.C., right? Redskins haven't won in forever or really won in forever. Senators can't ever win. Wizards don't win anything. So maybe this like, D.C. will be the new Cleveland, right? D.C. is an incredible city, unbelievable place. Not only do smart people work there, but it is absolutely stunning. Beautiful. Built, the architecture built, you know, and layout built to mirror, in many ways, Paris. I mean, it's magnificent. But I don't want them to win. So I want the Nationals to lose today and be out of the playoffs so that we have kind of that thing keep going. I want to talk about Joel Embiid, who got paid. For future success, to which he's only played 31 games in the NBA. I I I want to talk about Mitch or Mitchell Trubisky, same guy. Or why the hell Sam Bradford was out there last night. It felt like Robert Griffin III in that playoff game in which he shredded his knee a second time. But alas, I keep getting reeled back in. I, I feel like I feel like this uh protest story is like the mafia, right? Right. I'm like, no, no. I'm going legit now. I'm going legit, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, one more job, okay, one more job. I am out, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm this at the. I'm the the dealer. Like, no, 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 I got nothing. And they kept getting reeled back in. So yesterday it was Jerry Jones talking about his players standing. Now it's the Commissioner Roger Goodell sending a letter to all the owners, building on many discussions with clubs and players. We have worked to develop a plan that we'll review. We will review with you at next week's league meeting. This will include such elements as an in-season platform to promote the work of our players on these core issues that will help promote positive change in our country. We want to ensure that that any work at the league level is consistent with the work each club is doing in their own community. Dedicate, yada, yada, yada. We will do anything it takes. Build anything you want. Just whatever you do, please stop kneeling. Or protesting the na- during the national anthem, please, 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 and it has nothing to do with Trump. Now Trump's going to take credit for it because that's what he does. And if it doesn't go his way, then it becomes fake news. You guys know how this works, right? But the truth is that this is, you're you're getting a lesson in corporate culture. Jamel Hill suspended by ESPN, and all the ESPNers are like that's not fair. Yeah, it is. And it has nothing to do with her political stance. I told you guys this story before. When, when I was at CBS, I was told by my boss, hey, I don't want you responding to people on Twitter. I thought it was a ridiculous, a ridiculous ask for my boss. And so my then agent at the time was like, look, I agreed you wouldn't reply to people on Twitter. So I didn't reply to people on Twitter. But what I would do is, what was it called? Quote, retweet? I'd quote, retweet, which I kind of thought it was a gray area. I thought I kind of thought it'd be cute. And guess what? He did not think it was cute at all. I mean, not at all. He was pissed. And it had nothing to do. At the time, I was like, what are you talking Like, it's my job. I do college basketball. I do the NCAA tournament. I do a radio show. I do a TV show. Why can't I? And the point was simple then as it is now for like Jamel Hill. It doesn't have to do with the content. This has to do with the fact that they told her not to tweet about it. And once they tell you not to, now they can suspend you. Now they can fire you. Now they can punish you. And you may ask yourself, but why? And that's where corporate culture comes in. There's a lot of bad things about corporate culture. There's a lot of good things about corporate culture. Um, And one of the bad things is that most corporations are just like, you know what? My name's Bennett, and I ain't in it. We just don't want any sort of controversy. And what Jerry Jones is saying, and this is, again, corporate culture, and I know people are attacking Jerry Jones. Like, Jerry Jones went out and signed Greg Hardy. Jerry Jones has always stood up for former players. He takes care... Ask any former cowboy. It's a great thing to be a former cowboy. I mean, Emmett Smith, remember Emmett Smith left and went to the Arizona Cardinals. And he's not just a ring of honor, but he, they do business together. Um, Michael Irvin had all his issues. And they had the White House. where so They'd go over and have prostitutes and do cocaine when they were winning all those games. And Jerry Jones always took care of his guys. Always, always, always. I mean, who has stood up for Ezekiel Elliott more than Jerry Jones? Now, look, I don't know what happened with Ezekiel Elliott and his ex-girlfriend, and honestly, neither do you. We can all make our guesses as to if she's telling the truth, if she's lying or whatever, but from the moment it happened, even until the moment he was suspended, and after he was suspended, Jerry Jones was like, this didn't happen, I got his back, we've done the research, this is my guy. And so you may ask yourself, why? Why is Jerry Jones... Bailing on his players now. He's cowering to the president. No, he's not. It's corporate culture. Because enough of those sponsors are like, yeah, we think this is bad for business. We think this is bad for business. And so to those people who are so woke, I believe is the word, woke to think like, well, these players should. And look, maybe they'll all protest. Maybe they'll all call the bluff. Of corporate culture M- maybe they will react in the opposite of the intended way M- maybe that's what happens very possible it would speak to the times but what jerry jones is saying is like look i've always had your back but this is bad for business okay and the business and the business that we have is ba- built based upon all of those sponsors and those sponsors have heard enough uh from their uh, customers they're the consumers that they don't like this that they just kind of like me starting the radio show just want to watch football and I understand that it's it wasn't really the intent of the uh, the initial intent of the protest was not one truly of politics it actually wasn't like if I want to give Kaepernick credit for anything it's that he was trying to be apolitical like again, I don't think he was prepared for all the things that it became and it kind of spiraled out of control. And I thought he said some really, really uneducated, stupid things and used some used some words that you shouldn't use, and he shouldn't have had the Castro shirt, he shouldn't have had the pig socks, and he shouldn't have called cops murderers. He shouldn't have done those things. But I will give him credit for this. He did not want he didn't want to take Trump's side, he wanted to take Hillary's side. He didn't meet him vote. It was like this is about a police brutality. And about oppression. That's what he said it was about. And police brutality is not and should not necessarily be, it's not really political. But what happens is you get politicians who are like, aha, and make it into a, now it's become a political statement. If you stand, and again, this is part of the reactionary super liberal left has been, if you stand, now you're supporting Trump. And if you kneel, now you're saying to Trump. That's what you're saying. Which is not even close to what it's been about. But you get enough corporations like, whoa, hey, all of this stuff is bad for business. And there's not any. What's, what's interesting about it is no one's actually done a study to see if, for example, I don't know, pick out a sponsor, Home Depot, Right. Say Home Depot is a big sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. And Home Depot says we are complete, we are completely invested in the Cowboys. Protest, no protest. And the Cowboys protest. There's not been a study. There's not been enough time to conduct a study to which to see if there's any change in the bottom line at all for Home Depot. Right? Like I need a wrench on a Saturday. I'm going to and I'm going to Depot or I'm going to Lowe's based upon really proximity to the house. I mean, I'm, I could lie to you. I might go to Ace Hardware, but it feels like Ace Hardware doesn't have all the stuff that the big box stores have. So nobody's actually done a study to see if any one less person, like the same thing with Jamel Hill, right? Like The same exact number of people watch her show or didn't watch her show before the protest, after the protest. like There's no correlation there. But in corporate in, in corporate culture, what I have come to learn and this is through 15 years of working for corporations. ESPN is a Disney corporate part of the Disney Corporation. CBS, which used to be Viacom, now is just the CBS Corporation. And now Fox, which is part of 20th century Fox and premier radio networks, like corporate culture, is like, hey, you know what? Even if you're not even really offending anybody, we just we just don't want to touch it when it becomes toxic. We don't. We don't even want. To, we don't even want to carry toxic stuff around. We just don't. And Jerry Jones is simply coming in, and so, so are the. That's all. That's all Roger Goodell's writing. Like, look, dude, we'll do whatever you want. Just stand for the damn national anthem. Awareness of police brutality has been brought to it. We're aware. It's everyone is aware, <clears throat> and we'll help build the platform. Just stand, because bad for business. Not because there's actually any statistical analysis that is bad for business. We have enough of our sponsors saying, "Hey, we've had enough." Just like you, as a listener, said, "I've had enough," and we want to move on. And and where this is where people don't actually understand the Bill of Rights. Like it, it's it's a lot like when remember when you get a VCR and there's this huge thing like I, you plug it in, no one even knew how to set the clock. I have a car I've had for three or four months. I still learn how to do things. Like, I had no idea that's what I did. Like, nobody actually reads the instructions. You ever read the... There's, is there anything more boring? Big Green Eggs is sponsored this show, right? I got a Big Green Egg. As soon as I read the copy. I started cooking on it. I read a little bit of the instructions. I went to my mom's house last weekend, and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know the Big Green Egg did this. Why? Because I hadn't read thoroughly the instructions. Same thing with Bill of Rights. Like, we think... We have freedom of speech. Like, yeah, you do. But here's the difference. When you work for a company and they say you cannot do that, they say they can't you can't do it. They can fire you. You can be right. You can be out of a job. So no one has said Goodell, Jerry Jones, even ESPN for Jamel Hill. No one's actually said. We disagree with your opinion. We just don't want you to share it right now. And because you work for a corporation, we set rules in place. We can tell you now is not the time to share that particular opinion. If you don't like that, you can go somewhere else. God, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Be
1: sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: There's a false narrative in college football that I want to make sure that I put it into here. There is this sense that Jim, Jim Harbaugh can't win the big game. You heard that one? You know, he's not worth it. His record is the same through the same number of games as Brady Hoke. Now, part of the... You guys know what a control group is? You want to take a take, take a swing at it there, uh, Rhyme Music and control group?
4: So a control group is... Uh, control group is where they have an experiment. Yep. And experiment, you have to have yep. one group where you don't do anything to that group so you can know what the non-effects are mm-hmm. compared to the group that you do experiment on so you can see what the effects are.
5: Perfect. Right? There's something... We ain't touching this, and we'll see what happens to the data without touching it at all. Now, these other ones will check the data based upon all the different things that we manipulate. The the problem with Michigan football and comparing the Brady Hoke era and the Rich Rod era to the Jim Harbaugh era is there is no control group. It, it does not... Life does not happen in a vacuum. But if you think for one second that Jim Harbaugh is somehow at a similar level to Brady Hoke because, well, they lost last year to Ohio State, a team that they badly outplayed. They lost last year to Iowa, a team that they actually, again, uh, that they badly outplayed. I've even heard... Hey, James Franklin's a better coach than him. I heard Clay Travis say that. Do me a favor. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to pull up for me last year's Michigan-Penn State game. Do do yourself just a quick favor. and, And I'm not saying that one game makes you a better coach. And I know that Penn State had a litany of injuries in that game. I'm completely well aware of it. But I remember watching that game last year and thinking... 49-10 to is kind of an ass-whooping. Kind of. And Harbaugh's team had 49, and Franklin's had 10. Now, I think Penn State is the real deal. I think they have awoken, woken up, awakened, woke, I don't know, a giant in State College. I also know that part of the Factors No Control group, when Brady Hoke was the head coach at Michigan, Penn State was on probation. So this idea, this idea that Well, Jim Harbaugh, you know, look, Penn State's raced past him. He still can't beat Michigan State. And he hasn't beaten Ohio State since he's been there. First of all, he's coached exactly two games against Ohio State, right? Two. This is his third year. It took four years to turn around Stanford from the debacle that Stanford was before he got there. And, yes, he needed Andrew Luck. No question. He needs better quarterback play. Um, But last year, they lost in double overtime to Ohio State. They lost 14-13 to 13 at Iowa. And they lost by one point to Florida State. They lost three games by a total of five points. Three by a total of five points. And yes, they lost at home to an inferior Michigan State team. Michigan State is not very good this year. You know why they're not very good this year? because they can no longer recruit against Michigan and, to another, to a lesser extent, Penn State, because of Jim Harbaugh. The only people on earth who believe that Michigan should think about moving on from Jim Harbaugh, that Jim Harbaugh should be on some sort of hot seat, are people that are not Michigan fans.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
5: Darrell Revis, guys, of course, uh, joins us uh, from Revis Island somewhere. I don't know where Revis Island is located right now, but he joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Darrell, how are you?
0: I'm doing good, Doug. How you doing?
5: Good. What was it like for you? I remember Rex Ryan in a press conference after the game. Somebody asked him, like, uh, what do you think of Darrell Revis? I think he's the best in the league. I know you heard it. What? What? What's your reaction when a guy who was was that well regarded as a defensive mind says that about you?
0: Uh, Well, you know, uh, you know, Rex Ryan is uh, is very respected in the in uh, in the NFL, and um, you know, just coming from a football family, and you know, his father being a a successor at the the coaching position as well. So, no, it's pretty awesome, man. I had a Awesome uh, time, you know, working with him and and working, uh, you know, in the system.
5: Joe Rivas joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Care of his uh, foundation. A uh, lot of guys have uh, outside of football works. So what what do you want to accomplish with your foundation?
0: Well, uh, thank you for bringing that up. You know, it's uh, right now I'm relaunching my my foundation. Um, you know, I have a media uh, premiere on october twenty fourth and uh you know my foundation i've been doing philanthropy- philanthropy work for the last you know three years and um i really narrowed my focus down to um childhood hunger you know in the inner cities so that's what the really the main focus of my foundation is is to really um help combat and and um you know fight the issues of childhood hunger in uh inner city uh, communities.
5: So how do you do that? Like uh, it's it's one thing to um, I know one thing to raise awareness but how do you actually h- how do we combat childhood hunger?
0: Well now, you know, 1 in 6 kids in America, you know, don't know where their next meal will come from. So um you know, we you're you're fighting against that of just really just helping them out. I mean, right now we're looking for sponsorships, ships, we're looking for volunteers, we're looking for partners, and, um, you know, once we get those partners and and, and get those, uh, you know, those contributions, you know, from the partnerships, then we could be able, uh, you know, be more able to aid and help, uh, you know, these kids out in in, in inner city communities.
5: Darrell Revis joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio, and uh, if and and people are like, wait a second, Drell Rivas, Drell Rivas, Drell Rivas, where's he playing now? Remember he's a seven time Pro Bowler, four time first team all pro and only thirty two years old. Um what went what went wrong last year? From your perspective, what went wrong?
0: Oh man, there's a ton of things went wrong last year. Uh you know, we, we finished four and twelve. uh, <laughs> uh there was a lot of uh dysfunction, you know, between the team and uh, you know, uh a lot of issues going on, and um, you know we just couldn't seem to recover from that. You know, um, our our leaders, our stars didn't play well. You know, we didn't. We we all had uh, off seasons, and um, it, we just couldn't bounce back from that as as a as a team as a whole. So, um, you know, at this point, you know, guys, you know, Brandon Marshall's in in New York, playing for the Giants, and um, you know, a, a few of us guys are free agents. Uh, you know, you have Dave Harrison in New England at this point. So, um, you know, as of right now, I mean, you know, guys are, uh, you know, free agents, you know, me and Nick Mango are free agents. And um, I'm continuing to, you know, work out and and stay fit and physically fit and and stay ready for those calls. And, you know, uh, other than that, I'm I'm just really mainly focusing on my philanthropy work. I
5: I, know. With full respect to that, though, I mean, like, you went from – a guy who even with the the patriots when you guys won the super bowl a guy who no one in their right mind would throw in your direction to where quarterbacks were picking on you were you were you not right physically were you were you heavy last year cuz it it made no sense uh, that 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 you would go from you and richard sherman the two best in the league to people starting to pick on you
0: oh it was it was definitely a, a lot of things you know i, I just came off of this surgery um i didn't have a a full uh, off-season to really prepare and, and actually get physically fit. So I, I did come in a little oversized and thought the weight would actually shed off. But, you know, when you hit plus 30, you know, in the NFL, it's just a little bit tougher to shed that weight off, you know, as you as you age. So, um, you know, it was a learning curve for me. I've, I've learned tremendously through that. Um you know, and I made changes. that's the one thing about me. I have a lot of pride with myself, so I made a a bunch of changes and uh I lost fifteen pounds you know uh you know since I've been a free agent so um i, I found way I find ways to to make sure I can um you know handle handle those type of problems when those issues do come my way.
5: What's the likelihood you get an opportunity this year
0: um but uh, you know what the there's a bunch of opportunities out there, you know, there's, there's been a ton of calls. um, Yeah. And that's great. You know, there's been a ton of calls, you know, and, and um, I'll probably continue to get more calls. That's why I have to continue to just, you know, stay physically fit. And
5: is it, is it, is it, is it a, is it a and, price point thing? Is it like, look, I ain't, I ain't go, I'm Darrell Revis. Okay. I play for top dollar. I'm, or is it a price point thing or uh, has there just not been an offer there yet?
0: Well, you know, both sides have to come, you know, both parties have to come to an agreement and, um, you know, there hasn't been really much talks. you know, in terms of number wise, you know, so at this point, you know, I'm enjoying myself and what I'm doing right now, especially um, with all the financial work I'm doing and and what's up and coming for me, uh, you know, in that area. And, and, um, you know, those things will come into play when it comes to, you know, teams calling and. If uh, teams need help, um, and then we have to sit down and talk about a, a bunch of other things in terms of, you know, how, how will I be utilized, if I need to move to safety, if I need to uh, play in a slide, or if I need to be the number two corner or whatnot. Um, so, I, I, you know, those are conversations that when I'm going into these uh, talks with teams, you know, um, how, you know, how am I going to be utilizing that in that system that I'm playing
5: in? Darrell Rivas joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. The famous quote from Rex Ryan, this, in my opinion, was the best year a corner has ever had, the most impacted corner has ever had in the National Football League. He was talking about our guest who's a four-time first-team All-Pro. If, if, the, if the right thing doesn't come, have you got it? Are you in that place? Are you in that space to which you're like, you know what? If it doesn't happen, doesn't happen. I can, I can never play football again, and I'm okay with it. Are you in that place?
0: You know, right now I'm still, uh, you know, just continuing to stay, uh, you know, physically fit. I can still play this game. You know, that's that's no question in my mind. Uh, you know, in, in my trainers' minds, you know, who are uh, training me every day and see me every day, there's no question in their minds. Uh, so at this point, you know, I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play a uh, ball again. It's just, uh, you know, what I just really brought up in terms of. You know, when the two parties sit down at the table, you know, how am I going to be utilized uh, in, in the system? How can I help win? Uh, uh, what role am I going to play actually on on the team?
5: So, pretty interesting, too. Plus, one of your team, the, the Patriots, they got all kinds of confusion. They're defensive secondary. They could use somebody who knows their system quite well. Again, it's the Darrell Rivas Foundation, a nonprofit organization that seeks to combat. Uh, combat uh, childhood hunger. One in six kids, wow, go, go hunger. That's, just, that's, that's ridiculous for if we want to call ourselves the best country in the world. well, great stuff you're doing with the foundation. Appreciate you being honest with us and joining us on Fox Sports Radio, man. Oh, thank you, Doug. Thank you so much. Pleasure's mine. Be
1: sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And now... <laughs> <laughs>
5: what does the Fox say? Skip Bayless, uh, who's a Cowboy fan, doesn't hide it, he's a Cowboy fan, had this to say about the comparison of his second-year quarterback and
3: the Eagles' second-year quarterback. I did not watch this kid at North Dakota State. He's a great young man. He's 6'5", 240 pounds. He is athletic. He does have a little bigger arm than Dak Prescott. Though Dak's got, he, he can flat-out wing it. In fact, there's more velocity there because it's effortless velocity than you were giving him credit for. But I'll give you big arm. This kid, he's a good young man. He's got high character. He's a try-hard guy. Here's what happens. Under fire, when I watch Carson Wentz, I see deer in headlights, and I still do. I don't see the moxie. I don't see the feel. I don't see the command for playing that position that I always see in Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott takes over games with his body language. He changed the whole culture of the Cowboys. He turned them into well, what can go wrong will go wrong until we're going to make a play that's going to win this game.
5: Okay, so I, I guess what he's saying is he likes Dak Prescott better than he likes Carson Wentz. Correct? Are we in the room? And look, this is it's really, really hard. Um You know what? <laughs> it's funny. I have lots of friends that still work at ESPN. And I, I I like them. I admire them. I have friends in all different at all different levels, management level, talent level, uh, guys that are just PAs and APs and guys that are people that are um, programmers as well. But they try and compare you try and compare the ratings of an ESPN to the ratings of a Fox Sports One, and it's not really a fair fight, right? It's not just because they've had 30 years, but 30 years of a head start, but they also have more sports events, and live sporting events is what, they also have a full lot of shows, right? So, like, look, if you have the NBA Finals, and then you have a TV show on after the NBA Finals, you get that bleed over. If you have college football's college football national championship game, you get that bleed over. It's going to help your ratings. It, it's no different than, for example, on Fox Sports 1, when we have the Major League Baseball playoffs. Look at how much better the ratings are for the same network with the exact same shows because you have that. Or when we get the world cup upcoming next year, right? I use that as the parallel to this, Like, right? Well, Carson Wentz was the bad team last year with a bad offensive line. They were in rebuild mode and he was okay. 16 touchdowns, 14 receptions. And even this year, they're not great, but they're pretty good. Compare that to Dak Prescott, who's behind an outstanding offensive line. Maybe a little bit better last year than this year. With an outstanding running back. Probably actually uh, he was a little bit better last year than this year. With an outstanding wide receiver. An outstanding tight end. Although that tight end and wide receiver might be a little bit over the hill this year. With Cole Beasley, a slot guy. And a, an offensive-minded, former quarterback, former offensive coordinator as their head coach. You could not have designed a better setup. Right. So it's like, hey, if you give me that same lead in my TV show, I've often said that that's the great thing about this radio show. I follow Colin Cowherd, who for my money is the best radio show, best national radio show there is. Before that, I was following Jim Rome show, which 20 years ago was the biggest radio show in in the country and now is probably, I don't know, third or fourth at that same time slot in comparison. Bigger lead-in, bigger numbers, more billing, and then no different Fox Sports Radio and our show doing better here. I'm doing a similar show, different producer, a little bit different crew. Maybe it's the Ramos effect. Maybe that's why we're so much better. Thanks, Doug. That's why it. we're so Woo. much better. That's gotta be it. Whatever it is, things are business is great here. Didn't mean it was bad there, but you're comparing non-comparables. Um, I think Wentz has probably got a he's got a little bit bigger upside. The bigger dude with a bigger arm, and he's just as athletic. But he doesn't he has not had the work hours behind as good an offensive line, and so it hasn't shown in the numbers. Ah, what does the Fox say? Did, did that parallel make sense?
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
5: In any group. There are certain guys to which become that guy, right? There's physical contact guy, huh, oh, huh, oh, huh, oh. you know, smacks you in the back, right? Or he does the, uh, I guess when they're kids they do the flat tire thing, right? Or slug bug and they do slug bug way too hard, like dude, it's not even a Volkswagen, it's a Fiat, crying out loud. You guys know physical contact guy smacks you upside the head, like God, that guy is annoying. There's, 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 there's topper guy, topper guy, right? Topper guy is, oh, it's, it's a nice Tesla. You know, I got a Ferrari, right? Ah, oh, it's a nice watch. Mine's a Rolex. Topper guy. Um, There's racist guy, like, right? Where he tells racist jokes or says racist things, but then tries to get like, hey, dude, I got a black friend. Okay. I got black friends, yeah, but they—they they all think it's funny too. And then they got that's ra- you got that's racial guy. Hey man, that's racial, dude. That's so racial, that's so racist. Do not. Why you gotta be racial like that? Right. There's a coach screwed me over, guy. You guys know that one? Coach or teacher, or boss, somebody always screwed him over. Oh man, like I—I would have played there. Bad coach, he pulled the scholarship off. That was—that was bull. In my high school coach, she screwed me. Like kept running plays to this other dude. Otherwise, I would average twenty five. Holy, there's that's what she said, guy. He's he's watched The Office far too often, and then waits, waits, waits. That's what she said. (laughs) That's my thing. That's my thing. That's what she said, guy. You know who Ben Roethlisberger is? He's searched for a compliment, guy. I listened to sports radio. I watched all the sports radio TV shows yesterday. And they all had us convinced that Ben Roethlisberger, when he said this. I'm not playing well enough. Why is that? Don't think so, but maybe I am. Maybe I don't have it anymore. When he said that, it meant, oh, you know what? Ben talked about retirement. He must mean retirement. He's got, you know, football guy. And there's also football guy, right? Who does football talk? Stoolies do that, don't they? They do the football, football guy, football guy. Football guys, guys, right? Football guy says, like, you know, once you talk about retirement, you're already retired. Like, no, that's not actually the way it works. It's not even close to the way it works. Once you're retired, you can still unretire. Case in point, Brett Favre. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger said that on Sunday after the game, then turned around and said this:
1: "You wake up Monday morning and you realize,
0: man." I'm still one of the best in the world that do what I do. You know, I'm, I'm going to have that confidence. I'm going to have that when I go out there on when I go out there Wednesday to practice and Sunday when we go to Kansas City. Is you know I have that belief that I'm one of the best that's ever done it. It's the best that's ever played this position, and you have to have that confidence.
5: That's Cook and pony show in Pittsburgh. Actually, those are friends of mine from the uh, the old place. They do a good job. They had uh, Big Ben on, so he goes from. Maybe I'm not good enough. To the Stuart Smalley, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. That's because Big Ben Rothsberger, going back to the summer when he was like, mm, I might retire, he wanted people to say, please, Ben, don't retire. We need you. Just like Sunday when he said, maybe I don't have it anymore. Like, no, Ben, it was a bad game plan. It wasn't you. Big Ben's doing the it's not you, it's just me, but we all know when you do the it's not you, it's me, it really is you, right? That's classic Costanza. Costanza thinks he invented, it. it's not you, it's me. Ben Rothberger is search for a compliment guy. Search for a compliment guy. Guy who has great hair. Is like, yeah, you know, my hair is just not that. I just, I'm losing some of my hair. You have great hair. Thanks. Thanks, I appreciate that. Oh, my teeth, I need I need to get my teeth whitened. Why do you need to get your teeth whitened? You got great teeth. Oh, hey, Thanks.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the
5: iHeartRadio app. A lot of stuff to get to with uh, Charlie Weiss. Of course, a uh, couple of uh, Super Bowl rings uh, that he has in his pocket and, of course, uh, a decorated coach at uh, Notre Dame at Kansas and kind of to spend some time with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Coach, let's, let's start with Michigan, who... Uh, look, Jim Harbaugh seems to have turned around the culture, right? Which was kind of falling apart when he got there. Uh, Brady Hoke did a good job of recruiting, but uh, fell on some hard times there right at the end of his run. But Harbaugh hasn't been able to get over Michigan State. They had the fluky punt deal, uh, fumbled punt a couple years ago. This year, six turnovers and a loss at home. Hadn't beaten Ohio State either. So I I guess I just I wonder is is that should that be cause for concern when the recruiting's good, they struggled although lost three really close games last year and can't get over Michigan State.
6: Well, no, I don't think it's cause. For, I don't think that would be the cause for uh, problem with recruiting. Where I think that the problem would be is the Indianapolis Colts. That's what I think. Uh, I think that the threat, uh, you know, everyone, you know. It, people follow both college football and pro football. They're, they're looking at the p- potential openings and the potential fits, and you look at Andrew Luck, not playing down there in Indy, you know, uh, sitting out, you know, the, them being a question mark as they go through the year. I think with with Jim, the biggest question is always going to be the negative recruiters using the fact that uh, he's leaving and going to the league. And I think that that'll be used more of a deterrent than it will be the performances that he's had against Michigan state and Ohio state
5: uh, is, you know, I have a friend who's coaching in the NBA and he's coached in college and he's like, it's so much better. It's so much classier. The hotels are better. The players are better. The plays are better. And just, everything is better. On the other hand, like in college football, like when you're at Michigan, you're going to win 80 percent of your games because you just have better. You should have if you're doing their job in recruiting, you got better players than the other guy. Right. And you got better depth late in the season than the other guy. So it feels like college should be easier. Uh, what's the better gig? You've done both pro or college. Well,
6: the, the, well they're different, first of all. But one thing is, see, in college, you can get five first round draft choices in a year. I mean there's there's you know you're going recruiting again if you're going after the top 250 players and let's say you land five of five of the top 100 players in the country or top, five of the top 50 in Michigan's case you know if you get top, five of the top 50 players in the country you know you got you got you got five first round draft choices not one so it's easier to retool Okay, it's easier to retool and build in, in college just as long as the people give you the patience to get in get in an, enough players. Now, in Jim's case, you know, Hoke did a pretty good job of recruiting. It wasn't like he walked into a coverage bear type of, type of situation. The biggest difference between coaching in college and coaching in the pros is the amount of time you get to spend with the players. See, in the NFL, you're with the players all the time. There's no classes. The class is football. So from 7 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock at night, you're with those guys. You know, now it's a harder job for the coaches in in pro football during the season because you have to do all all your prep work has to be done at night, whereas in college you could do prep work in the morning while the guys are in class. But the biggest difference is you can do a lot more mentally in the pros because you have a lot more time to expose them to things that you just don't have the hours in college to be able to do. And the other thing is the maturity level. You know, in college, you're dealing with 18 to 23 year old young men, and you're dealing with all the societal issues that come with 18 to 23 year old men. You know, whether whether it's drugs, whether it's women, whether it's, you know, you know, regardless of the issue, you're dealing, there's they're natural that there's going to be issues that you're going to be dealing with. Where in the NFL, it's it's a business. If somebody screws up bad enough, you just cut them and go get somebody else.
5: Charlie Weiss joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Stefan Gilmore was the big get for the Patriots defensive backfield. But it feels like, and look, it's still early. And I know that Belichick doesn't really know what he has until October first. But we're past October first. Uh, it feels like that it might be another Chad Johnson. And what I mean by Chad Johnson, you tell me if I'm wrong. When they signed Chad Johnson, the thought was, man, this is another great weapon. But he could never figure out where he was supposed to be, when he was supposed to be. He was he was just kind of a freelance guy, right? And Junior well, Sale was a freelance guy until he got to New England. It feels like Stephon Gilmore may be kind of of that Chad Johnson doesn't fit in with the New England way. Well, see,
6: part of it is, what, is the system you were playing in. Now, Gilmore's been playing in a, you know, you got him and that's that's all he has to worry about type of system. So he's going through a transition like last week you know he had a lot more man coverage that he played in the game so he was in a comfort zone and actually played actually played very well this this past week okay but before that anytime they've been into their zone coverage schemes that he has a lot less familiarity with you know he's going through a transition problem. uh you know he's going through a transition right now i think it's way too early to make the call on him as far as comparing him to the Chad versus, you know, junior uh, analysis of who fit and who didn't fit. I think that in his case, he's going to have to learn how to play combo coverages and play zone because it's not just going to be you got him and that's the end of it. That's not the way they play defense.
5: Ben Roethlisberger uh, has, has struggled at times, especially this past Sunday, and I think it was kind of a search for a compliment thing. Others have said, you know, once you start talking about retirement, you are retired. You know quarterbacks better than maybe anybody on earth. Why isn't he playing better?
6: Well, I mean, every quarterback has every quarterback has a bad day. You know, so, I mean, and that was a bad day. I mean, I've coached Tommy Brady. I've been at games where he's thrown four interceptions now. Yep, the greatest quarterback of all time, you know, has, a, has had, had a couple of games that you just, you know, it doesn't happen very often. But, but they happen. I happen to be watching that game as well, and he was just forcing way too much stuff in that game, trying to just force things into into like like things that he doesn't normally do. What Ben's been able to do during his whole career is when when nobody's open, he's been able to buy time and get out of the pocket and then find somebody open that he goes ahead and hits. As a matter of fact, more of his big plays over his career have been made out of the pocket than made in the pocket because of his ability to do that. Last week, uh, there, were just too many, there were just too many plays where there was coverage. He's thrown into coverage. There's multiple guys there. And trying to just you know force, force that ball into a small hole, which I think that – I think that he's smart enough and he's experienced enough. Where for after last week's performance, he won't be doing that again this week.
5: Charlie Weiss joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. Obviously, he's coached all over. I think uh, people in Kansas City remember when he's the offensive coordinator to Kansas City Chiefs. And you watch the Chiefs this year right now, the only undefeated team, and it's really remarkable. They only have one turnover all season. That was Kareem Hunt's first carry of the of his career. He, he fumbled the football. After that, no interceptions, no turnovers. And so I I think um, those of us who are just fans, we sit there and go, like, it's really hard to buy the Alex Smith thing. I know he's playing great football. He's not turning it over. And he's actually occasionally throwing the ball downfield to Tyreek Hill. But, guy, it feels like once he gets to December and January, he's going to have to take some risks and make some plays, and he's not that guy. Is Alex Smith uh, the same Alex Smith? They're not turning it over and surrounded by better talent? Or is he the same guy, and ultimately that'll rear its, rear its ugly head in the most important part of the season?
6: Well, I'm going to say two things. First of all, okay, he's playing for one of the best offensive minds in football. You know, Andy is a brilliant, a brilliant offensive guy and knows how to utilize his players. No one knows the ability of the players on the Kansas City Chiefs any better than Andy Reid. And he'll put them in the best position to be successful. Second of all, how do you know, uh, how, uh, you know, what he's been told to do over the last couple of years? You know, you don't know what the you don't know what the play was designed to. Get. You might say, well, there's a guy running wide open down the field, but it might have been a bottom up read, or it might be a left to right read, or it might be a progression read, or it might be a coverage read. You and I both don't know the answer to that. So as we sit there and watch, all you can do is base your opinion by going by what you see, and what you see right now is a guy who's playing at the top of his game, and until he shows you otherwise, there's no reason to think that he's going to fall apart.
5: We uh, we saw Mitch Trubisky for the first time last night, and it's like, look, it's hard enough for for coaches like yourself to see it. For fans, like a lot of fans, like golf, doesn't have it last year. Now all of a sudden, you put. You know Whitworth at tackle. You get a new center. You get more skill position. You get a different offensive mind with him, and now he looks pretty good. And so, like, wait, everything we saw last year does not apply this year. Uh, from from your perspective, how long before Bears fans will know if they if they made the right decision?
6: Well, let's let's give the Bears a, a good news, bad news. Okay, the bad news is I don't think they're going to win very many football games this year. The good news it might set them up for another high draft choice in a year that with a draft that's laid, that's loaded with quarterbacks. So let's say they're sitting hypothetically, let's say they're sitting third and third in the draft, a draft scenario. And let's say the first two teams go ahead and take quarterbacks. Well, everyone in the free world's going to be tra- trying to get up to that spot to go and get in, get in the next guy if they think that there's a third guy you know, uh, worth that value to go up and get him in the draft. The only way that the Bears are going to get better for Trubisky is to get better players in there. I mean, they got a shaky offensive line. Uh, they, they're, wide, they're wide receivers. The wide receivers are, are like a like a post office. You don't even know who they are half the, half the players out there. I mean, he's got. They got to surround him with better players. And in Chicago, you're always going to have to be able to play a, a large majority of your games in bad weather. So you're going to be able to. You you have to be able to run the football with some kind of success to be able to take the pressure off of a young quarterback. You know, I talked on the radio yesterday before the game, and I said, "Look, it. They got to play a conservative game. Try to keep the, the, the game around around 20." And you know, give them, give themselves a chance at the end to win the game, and you know, it, it's exactly what happened. You know, he throws one, one bad interception to Harrison. He, the guy, the guy's trying to just, he's trying to make a play. You know, you know, he, he makes a bad decision, but he's just trying, he's just trying to make a play. You can't fault him for trying to do that. But until they get better, you know, better protection for him up front, and better skill guys for him to be able to throw it to. Him, you know, it's going to be a slow arduous process.
5: If you had to bet your Super Bowl rings, who would have a better career, Dak or Wentz or Goff? Who would you put your rings on?
6: Dak, Wentz or Goff? Well, that, that that's that's a, that's a that's a tough one. You know, you know, I, you know, when coming out of the draft, I liked Wentz more than Goff. I liked Dak a real a real lot. Okay, the only problem I had with Dak was the DUI he had gotten, you know, after senior year and before the and before the draft. Right. Which which really, you know, when you the leader of your team does something like that, you always have a concern, but that doesn't seem to be a concern right now. He seems to be, you know, a heck of a leader down there. I like his spunk. Okay, I like his spunk and I th- and I think that if I had a if I had a I have, if I had to put a dollar down on it, you know, I'd probably bet on Wentz over the three of them, mainly because Wentz played in a pro system all through college and had a big head start. Okay, even though he was playing at a lower level of comp, okay, he had a, he had a big head start. But there's something about Dak that really fires me up.
5: Coach Weiss, it's awesome to have you on. Always great to have you on. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, take care. That's uh, Charlie Weiss. At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be
4: epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.